0: presented by the hockey shop source for sports langley thehockeyshop.com with the co-founders of in goal magazine it's in goal radio the podcast darren millard with you along with david hutchison and kevin woodley you guys are the loves of my hockey life and i just say that everything that i love about the game you guys provide in the world of goaltending nothing gets me more jacked up than the text hey you ready to record let's do in goal I love the,
1: it. The only problem is, uh, it's the if we're on a tight timeline. And listen, everybody tells me how much I talk, so I'm the biggest problem here. We log in to record, and it's about forty five minutes to an hour before we actually hit yeah. record because of the back and forth before. So uh, we should sell that as a, a as a premium part of the premium subscription, just access to the three of us shooting the crap.
2: Uh, it would have to be such huge money because I think we'd be all in trouble, all three of us. So I don't know if I could do that, boys.
0: No, there's an editing aspect oh, to it. Oh, okay. Because so I've, the...
2: I've always said, like, since we're talking about the NHL here, maybe, maybe just goalies, I would pay extra if we could have everybody mic'd up so we knew what was happening on the ice. But mostly because I think they'd get in trouble for what they say out there. So I just don't think we can do it here. I don't know.
0: I am allowed access to some of the stuff that happens on the ice. Oh, yeah? More so than I, than I was in my previous state. Uh In Sportsnet in Canada, where uh, like there were so many different layers that ne- I never got anywhere near that right. but i but I see and hear uh a, a lot uh, of the stuff, and i 'm going to be honest with you, the game stuff is so basic the The practice sound is amazing. We have some great characters who buy in and they, they have some fun, but the game sound and I'll have people all the time saying that that's what they're actually saying out there. I'm like, yeah, it's it is it is really <laughs> it's it's more entertaining in your men's league because there's conversations. Hey, you see what Teddy did the other day? Like there's stuff like that. It's so dialed in uh during the game that there's there's not a lot there.
2: I'll admit I had the privilege once of shooting a game between the benches, uh, photographing a game between the benches. What? American League years ago. And uh that's awesome. No, it was awesome. But one of the reasons I was so excited about it was to be able to listen to everything that went on between the benches, and I didn't hear a thing. Like nothing. It was just a quiet night. Yeah. So,
0: there are good chirpers. Yeah. there are guys yeah. that can bring it, but that's really uh, in in the minimum uh, of things. The year round guys, Woody. Like if if it's a practice or uh, some kind of scrimmage, there's there's lots of stuff, but. Not, not in a game.
1: Well, I wouldn't hear it in a game because I'm up in the fifth level, you know, so I wouldn't know. Don't you have your Whisper two thousand? Maybe I need to ask. I can barely. Well, my wife tells me I need hearing aids, so maybe I'll get a Whisper two thousand. So I think that might be selective hearing on my part. However, um, I I hear it in practice a fair bit. I, I wonder who the best like like goalie chirper is. Maybe we have to put that out there amongst the goalies, of course. Who's actually good at Like, who's got good chirps? Like, if I can ask you, Darren, and just tell us if it's too much information, but you're around in practice, you hear those chirps. We watched Aiden Hill engage with other teams in the playoffs. Like, that was one of his things, right? Like, he was not afraid to mix it up. My guess is Aiden probably gives it pretty good out there in a practice. We know Marc-Andre Fleury
0: used to. So here's, here's a good thing about Aiden Hill, or like following that path. Aiden gets involved, but he's not chirping. He doesn't, he doesn't do that. Logan, so he doesn't talk. Logan Thompson can chirp. Like I, there's certainly, uh, Trevor Ziegris. like they, they had like a three game chirp fest going, going back and forth. They get carried over months. Uh, and he's, he's always talking and some of it is chirping. Some of us just hanging out, but he's always talking. Mark, uh, Andre, uh, obviously as well, but, uh, yeah, Logan Thompson's is very uh underrated when it comes to his ability to really verbalize the action
1: so i'm making notes right now the next time we have logan thompson on the podcast because he's been a past guest um to make sure i ask for some good chirps for <laughs> beer because i'm you know like i like to mix it up but i'm kind of weak sauce i'm not that good i don't have any good lines i need i need to be educated and i need help i need Matt. i need hutch's kid maddie's Maddie strikes me as a guy who has some good chirps out there on the ice. I need him to freshen up my game for me.
2: I think he comes up with a few things that we talk about, but he actually keeps his mouth shut more or less out on the ice because he's the young kid. He actually has the teams coming for him because he's the young guy, and they think they can get under his skin. So, not too much
0: said. Uh, I'm really good at it, not to toot my own horn, but I'm really, really good well. You at talk it. for and a you know living, going, better doing. Be. I, what what I love doing is looking away from the player and chirping, and I'm not staring at that, and it and it freaks them out. They don't know where the the voice is coming from, <laughs> uh, and because the mask is looking one way. But yeah, I'm uh I'm creative with it. It's just not the normal uh, track that you hear. So we need a how to section s- on in goal
2: with Darren Millard chirps by Darren. Yes, yes. Well, you
1: you talk about the voices that are out there. I'm hearing a voice in my head right now as we talk about this, and it's Pete Fry yeah. screaming at me about not being focused on the right thing if I'm worried about my chirps. Good point.
0: That's very logical, and it may, along with the physical limitations, may also uh, play a role in the various aspects of uh, drawing my game back. Hey, uh, we've got the great Arena. Feature interview uh, today coming up with Phoenix uh, Copley and our gear segment uh, presented by the Hockey Shop, source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com, uh, working on some sticks as we have gone through the merry-go-round of, of free agency, and uh, that leads us to a lot of great summer content on over at uh, Inglomag. Yeah, no, first off, Hockey Shop.
1: Yeah. We're going we're gonna to be talking about the Bauer sticks, both the Hyperlite 2, the H2 stick, and the X5 Pro, the next price point down. But my goodness, like normally there, there, there are times in the year where we can get a little sort of, you know, there's not new equipment coming in. That's when we look for, you know, evergreen ideas like, you know, glove breaks and how to fit certain things and how to wear your knee pads and stuff that you can find always over at our YouTube oh, channel. If you ever danglers. looking for that kind of stuff, danglers for yes. Darren, um, there is no shortage of material at the Hockey Shop right now. We can't keep up with all the new merchandise that is coming in daily from all the major brands, all the new lines, CCM flex 6, their new chest protector, their new skates. Those are in there. We're talking about the Bauer Sticks today Well, the new Bauer sort of second price point Connect Skate is in. So we have a whole ton of content coming. Make sure you check their website at thehockeyshop.com if you can't wait for us to review it. You can always call Cam and his staff and ask whatever questions you have or visit them in person out in Langley at the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. Uh, They will have all the answers for you. Answer honestly. Parents, if you're not sure your kid needs to spend to the nth degree for the latest, greatest, and most expensive product, I've seen Cam do it. I've seen him give the honest answer where he could easily upsell to parents, um, including times when a kid doesn't even need a new mask. Or a new stick or whatever. He just gives you open, honest feedback about where, where they are age group-wise and whether they need to, and in turn, you need to spend more money on the newest thing. So um, it's one of the things I really appreciate about the approach at Hockey Shop and the HockeyShop.com is they're not trying to push you into spending more money. They're trying to find gear that fits your game. And let me tell you, right now, they have an incredible, incredible stockpile of new equipment from all the major manufacturers. And of course. That means that last year's models and past previous generations of the new gear are all on sale uh, anywhere from 20 to 30% off. Make sure you check that out at thehockeyshop.com. You don't always need to have what's out this season. Sometimes you can save a lot of money by buying the previous generation product. Check it all out right now at the Hockey Shop. Source
0: for Sports in Langley or thehockeyshop.com. Is that not just pointed directly to the adult leagues, the direct league goaltenders? They, they, they can really uh, use a new set of gear, but don't need the ultimate of protection because you're not going to face the ultimate in shots in junior or college or professional?
1: I, I mean, I think so. Too, so two parts to that. Because we, can, we know how much it can fluctuate in beer league. Right. Yeah. Like good point. You can have that. And this is something you've got to be cognizant of. And that's where you can have these conversations with cam. Like sometimes the lowest price point or the lower price point stuff, you know, maybe great on pads, no problem. But if there's one guy on every team, or there's a couple of guys in your league that can still sling it enough to maybe leave you with a bruised hand in, in, in a lower, less padded price point glove, maybe that's where you make the investment. Or maybe it's with a mask. Maybe that's what you make sure is the most safe is your head by buying a high level mask. So again, have those conversations with Cam. And I do think the other part too is from a durability perspective, in terms of the materials that go into a lot of the products, the the higher levels do tend to last a little longer. So even if you're playing beer league, but you're an absolute addict, you're like one of these guys that everybody calls. And I swear to God, Goodness, in today's beer league, you could play every night if you wanted to as a goaltender. There's such a shortage, at least up here in Canada. If you're one of those guys that's out there four or five times a week, maybe paying a little more because you know it might last a little longer because it's got the higher grade materials, that might be a part of your decision-making process. But you're right, Darren. Whether it's entry-level, you're just getting started. You don't have to be a kid to buy the second and third, and and in some cases, lowest price point gear. You just have to know what you need. And, and again, having a shop like the hockey shop and a staff like Cam has built there will help you get those answers.
0: Uh, we'll get to Cam in just a little bit. Uh, what's happening at ingolmag.com? Well, how
1: about, how about Vesna Trophy winner in three-time, including just this year, finalist popping on by for a little pro reads. Connor Hellebuck, spent a half an hour with him, went over some drills, went over some saves. Uh, man, you quickly realize why he's been a Vesna Trophy finalist three of the last six years and, and why he's got a Vesna on his mantle place, like his ability to sort of read some of the details on shooters, pass or shoot decisions, uh, the, the insights he shares with us, Uh, the way they're holding their hands where the puck is relative to their body on that where it is on their stick how their elbows are flared all the little tells that go into figuring out whether a pass or a shot is coming Uh, connor spent some time going over some video and walking through it with us and of course there's only one place you can sit down with vesna trophy winners like connor hellebuck and get that type of detail and that's at ingolmag.com so we've got that Uh, our featured guest this week Phoenix Copley, after we were done the podcast, he also stuck around for some pro reads, had some great insights, especially talking about lateral plays and working back to the post, positioning, um, you know, anchoring in your posts and the keys to engaging in a good reverse VH and when to use it, when not to. A lot of great takeaways from him. So we continue uh, at ingolmag.com with Ingol Premium Product to make sure that we bring you opinions from the best in the game, the guys in the National Hockey League, um little tips and tidbits that you can work on in your game we've got literally what hutch almost a thousand videos up there now so if you were to buy a premium membership yeah you not only do you get access to all the new stuff that's coming out every single week but you can go back and i i'm guessing it would take you two weeks to go through all the old material and find all the old tips and it's interesting we were talking with a longtime subscriber and uh he's got one that he bookmarked um you know shout out to chris Matola who uh as once the feature of our Goalie Day um, article by by Paul Campbell, um, just just a guy who's been really great with his insights for us, and he was telling us the other day that he's got one on plays behind the net with Roberto Luongo and James Reimer and Robbie Tallis from a couple of years ago that he's bookmarked, that he goes back to. Because managing your windows and being able to sort of find the puck behind the net to prepare yourself for pass out such a big part of the game now, you know so guys have sort of found things that they like to go back to to reset their game for him it was that one so uh, you'll never know what you're going to find what what will resonate with you what will become the new tip the new technique that you didn't have in your tool bag before that you can add Uh, but there's a good chance we've got videos and details and descriptions and how and how not to at ingolmag.com for all those things
0: i think the puck coin behind the net should be illegal (laughs) wouldn't that be nice hey i was (laughs) uh I was just taking a
2: look at a few numbers here because I was going to mention when you asked what's up at the site, um, the most popular article we've had out in the last month was the 45-minute-plus interview with Canucks goaltending coach Ian Clark uh, filmed. This isn't just a a podcast interview, but if you head over to ingoldmag.com, you can get a little sample of the interview, and you can also watch Kevin and Ian in their sit-down in uh, beautiful 4K glory. But as I was looking up to see, to confirm for myself that it was the most popular article in the last month, I looked and saw what the most popular piece was in the last year. And it got me to thinking that unless you really do go down the rabbit hole of, of the site, you might not even know some of these things were there. We probably have to do a better job presenting it. What do you think the most popular piece was from the past year? And it has to do with gear. I wouldn't even know. I'm going to... I'm going to go Bauer Connect.
1: There was such a mystery involved with that skate. Up there, but uh,
2: I'm not actually referring to a specific gear review. Um, It's up there for sure. 580
1: Mm, break. We need the Jeopardy music playing here.
2: Um, No, you know, when you get into the glove, you're getting warmer, Darren.
0: Hmm. The gloves under the glove? The gator gloves? Gator skins? Close. UC, UC bing, Saros is batting gloves. yes, indeed. Really? That is the most viewed
2: article that isn't, you know, one of the, the index pages. So it's, you're not looking up, show me all the pro reads, but a very specific article is the UC Saros one. Yep.
1: Hmm. Wow. See, that's that. Mean, there's another, like, I wouldn't have guessed that. So I guess it's a very sort of great example to say, there really is something for everyone. We talk a lot in our feature interview today with Phoenix Copley um, about, you know, that's an individual choice. Like that that's something that's personal to each goalie. And I think very much the same could be said of ingoalmag.com. Like we have something for everyone. What you're going to take away out, it, out of it, what tool you're going to add to your game or use to make your game better, you know, d- depends on you as a goalie and what resonates most with you. But there's a chance pretty damn good one at this point that we have something that's going to resonate with every goaltender out there.
0: Hutch, how do people if they're just joining us mm-hmm. get involved with the premium membership? Well, you head over to ingoalmag.com, Darren, and up in
2: the top mm-hmm. right of the screen, you'll probably see a little button inviting you to subscribe. Also, with most of the articles, partway down through the article when we pass that list of or that limit of the free content we share in each piece, Uh, there's usually a little box that also invites them to subscribe. But I I do want to point out that, that little box, whether it's on the homepage or one of the individual articles. If you're not quite sure yet and you haven't stayed in touch with us over the years yet, uh, you can put your email address in there and then you'll get onto our mailing list. And each week we will send you links to uh, what the new exciting articles are over at InGoal. So I would love to have you join up over at InGoalMag.com, whether it's for yourself or you can also purchase a gift subscription for the favorite goaltender in your life. And Kevin Woodley's just dying to get something else in here. Kevin, you ha- haven't had a chance to speak very much this week, so you just hop right in.
1: I was just going to say, do you know who went down that rabbit hole and loves all the material and, and, and is sorting through it and looking for tools in the toolbox? Uh, Phoenix Copley. Phoenix Copley. The discussion and enjoying the discussion that comes from it? Phoenix Love Copley. It. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. I was kind of cursing myself because ha- I hadn't hit record on our conversation as I asked him how he's liking Ingoal Premium. Yes, I can see Hutch cringing because that really would have been good marketing to have that recorded by me. And I am not that bright. But I just asked him how he's enjoying it. And he talked about like that. Not everything, we talked later about the panda, for example, not everything's going into his game. But to see that discussion and be a part of that discussion and see what's going on around the professional game, there's a reason he loved it. And there's a reason that we are constantly getting new subscriptions where we look up the name. And it turns out it's a pro mm-hmm. goaltender.
2: Yep. Yeah, we had that conversation tonight. You know, that I, I need to do a psychological study of some kind, Darren. I need somebody way smarter than me to help me with this because I swear to you, it's amazing how many times a name comes through as subscribing and I'll look at it and I don't know that he's a professional goaltender by any stretch, but I just think got to be someone and I look them up and inevitably they are. So happened again this morning, a uh, goaltender plays over in the KHL, subscribed I had never known this person before they, they, they don't play in the league anymore. It was several years ago, but it's just amazing how often that happens. So I kind of think, is there something about, this is a name that sounds like a goaltender. Don't know. Makes me look it up though.
0: The Panda. Uh, I keep going back to, I, I love it, that, that selection, but when I'm doing it before a game and my, my, team is not inspired by it because they think I don't know where my net is. <laughs> and I've had a couple of guys because I'm, I'm trying to rush through it and I'll hit my butt on the post and they're like, what? oops, are you drunk? I'm <laughs> like, no, no, it's the Panda. And that takes it down a whole nother path, but it's good. It's got kind, of,
2: kind of funny. Uh, there
1: was I'm not taking it. I'm not taking any chirps from players asking me if I know where my net is. Every time I get hit in the head, I'd like to ask them the same yeah, no thing. Kidding.
2: Hey, there was a fun one going around social this week that somebody sent me of a young goaltender in between whistles with a book on the back of the net reading between whistles. That. Could somebody get us some video of some young kid with uh, the iPad on the back of the net checking out Ingoal Mag between, between saves, yes. Hey, making sure they're getting that panda right, Darren. Maybe if you had the iPad out there, it might help you out.
0: I'm just, I, I love it. I just was rushing through it and I bumped my foot. Anyway, uh, what would Pete Fry say about having a
2: novel on the net? I, I don't think Pete would be big on that one, since you're not even allowed to no. look at the clock in Pete's world. So <laughs> 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 might be splitting your focus in the wrong spot. <laughs> Pete, Unless I did actually share it on social. I said, maybe it's Pete Fry's book. So who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Hey, and just a quick
1: shout out too, like, because we got to spend the week with Pete Fry a couple of weeks ago, um, recorded the whole thing, but he's still doing live for those who haven't had a chance to attend it across Canada. Make sure you check out his website if you're looking for the opportunity to work with him in a one day seminar format. I guarantee you will find something, whether you're a kid, or a beer leaguer, or the many pros that join him at stops along the way, you will find a tool for your mindset that will help you become a better goaltender.
0: So be a better host and get us to the gear segment. That's my goal right now as we check in with Cam. And uh, today we've got the H2 and the X5, two different levels of twigs, right, Rody? Yes, sir. Thank you. Here's Cam and the aforementioned Woody with the gear segment presented by the Hockey Shop Source for Sports Langley, thehockeyshop.com. Welcome
1: back to the Hockey Shop Source for Sports. We're over in goalie utopia with some new twigs. A couple different models from Bauer. You saw the launch of the Hyperlight 2 customizer. Custom options in the stick, but first, Cam, before we get into the custom options, walk
3: me through what this well, why stick don't we is start with? Well, let's start with this one first. You're gonna start with the yeah. X5 Pro?
1: Yes. Okay, not custom options,
3: but... Not custom options, because we can get to the custom part later. When
1: you're this purdy, you don't need custom options. That is a
3: really attractive looking stick. So, new for this year, we now seeing that Vapor line, create what would be a true second price point like we've seen in the M5 series. So we have the Mach, we have the M5 Pro, now we have the X5 Pro. So this is your second price
1: point down from the Hyperlight 2, right. much like the pads which we talked about a few right. weeks ago.
3: So we are talking about a stick that's still a vapor geometry. So the key call out points are rounded P31 toe, pentagrip, which massive, massive upgrade, and big call out so
1: again taking much like they have with say the knee stacks taking the top level product Mm -hmm. and bringing that option down to the
3: second price point shorter shaft versus your stock uh say m5 stick or mock stick with again the idea behind when you're getting that puck off that corner you're not bringing your elbow all the way up past you're bringing it down a little bit easier for you to get control and have that more torque behind your shot
1: I think it was Carey was the first one that sort of started cutting down the sticks to have the shorter stick for the puck handling. We had, uh, make sure you check that out at englemag.com, we got articles of Carey talking about how he tapes the stick and how he had that uh, advantage of the shorter stick and now everybody has copied it and now it is stock. In the
3: vapor line only. Keep going. Okay, so great overall feel, great overall weight. I can tell you exactly what the Hyperlite 2 is. How much is it weigh Cam? So the Hyperlite 2 is 580 grams and a 25 inch stick. So we're going to be a little bit heavier in the um, X5 Pro. I can't tell. It seems very, very similar. So it's very close. So We're talking about grams difference. So lightweight stick, better price point, same price point as the M5 Pro stick. Um, excellent value. However, everybody wants to talk about the Hyperlite. So let's do it. So let's talk about the Hyperlite. Quit teasing. Stick. Okay. Hyperlite 2, what's changed this year? So, and everyone's, it gets tossed around a lot. It's like, what is durability, especially at this higher price point? Um, Bauer looked at, looked at, reviewed the breakage points of the original Hyperlite, which there were a few, addressed that. So, ideally, we are speaking about a stick that is supposed to have a better durability point than the previous year's model, as stated by Bauer. So far, from what we've seen, from the ones that have checked out, have all been pretty good so far.
1: Early uh, days, early days. We'll get you feedback when people have had correct. it out for months. It still and months. needs to
3: go through the blender. It still needs to be put through the rigorous actual field testing, we'll call it. But uh, that said, our key features still remain. So, pentagrip, rounded toe, P thirty one, shorter shaft, all make the return. Um, it, basically, they are calling out their advanced carbon layering, which you can see all the way throughout the stick that was something that was released in the original Hyperlite. Sort to see the difference between this little paint over top of the... Correct. Little showing it off. Correct. So we still have that great overall stick for puck handling and feel-wise. Um, again, trying to advance that overall feel and that shot pop-off off the stick itself.
1: Okay. So we saw the customizer launch. It is launched. Uh, obviously, uh, you got a whole wall full of like stock retail. You want to come in and buy one, want to go home with one today. Cam's got it right over there. Tons, tons of options, including the X5 Pro. Correct. But, customizer. Yes. If they want to order custom, is there a minimum order?
3: One you can, stick. You can order custom with one twig? One twig.
1: Wow. Which is kind of nice because you can try different things without having to order three or six
3: at a time. So you don't like you pentagram? Like no problem. You take it off. Want a longer shaft? No problem. Put it on. Don't know why you would, but hey, some people are taller. Different curve? No problem. Change it up. So P 31 is stock on, and Rounded Toe is stock on all this? It's so, stock, but you have the options um, okay. on the customized shoulder. So there is a steep shoulder shape as well. So Ooh, again, the Bobrovsky. The Bobbrowski. Yes. So, me big, those, I'm a big fan of the Bob You can definitely check it out. Um, give us a call here if you have questions. 604-589-8299 or one 800 567 You can go on
1: Bauer's Customizer. You can customize to your heart's content, but when it's time to order, make sure you talk to Cam and his crew at the hockey shop to make sure you've got what you think you're ordering, and something that's going to work for your game. Is
3: that tooth permanent? It's new. It's new.
1: Don't mess <laughs> this. This is, this is real. Do you permanent? have any idea how much I paid for that tooth?
3: <laughs> check it out.
0: H2 and X5, uh, we've got to do the the dictionary of the greatest acronyms or titles of sticks over the years. Uh, because every time I hear them, I get into some Star Wars uh, meddling in my head, wondering about R2 and D2 and C3. And now we've got H2 and, and X5. Have I lost you guys yet? Nope, I love it. I'm going to go get my H2 X5 droid. what's the what was the roller one the b2b or something
2: i didn't stay into it when the newer stuff came out
1: i can't remember i think you're along the right lines though darren because i never really got into it then but my kids did and i'm pretty sure I have a little remote control version in the house somewhere of that no little way. B2B, like the little orange. Gl- yeah. And yeah, and you put the controller on your wrist and you could steer them just by moving your wrist. Seriously. My kids loved it. Oh yeah, I think we still
0: have it somewhere. I'm, I'm going to pull that out for you next time I see you. Coaches would love to do that with goalies. With a little remote <laughs> just, control just on the wrist. A little, a little wrist controller <laughs> to move them around the crease. Get back in your neck. Uh, we are coming off a Stanley Cup championship performance by a goaltender who was not part of the mix on the stretch drive for the team that won in Aiden Hill and uh, the Vegas Golden Knights. And he was the backup throughout the season and seized his opportunity midway through the campaign when Logan Thompson got hurt, but then got hurt himself and had to swim back upstream again. And uh, he's not the only guy to... Not only in Vegas, but uh, especially in the Western Conference, uh, Stuart Skinner grabbing the mantle in in Edmonton, but no better example of this than what happened in Los Angeles with Phoenix Copley, and that led to Jonathan Quick ending up uh, in, in Vegas. There was a this weird merry-go-round uh, that happened, and Phoenix Copley played more games this year than he had his entire career in the National Hockey League before this season and was lights out like absolutely brilliant. And uh, you got a chance to speak to him uh, this week in the sensorina Arena VR feature interview, Woody.
1: I did. And I got to say, there are a lot of us who had a chance to meet him before and get to know him a little bit, including goalie coaches around the league who were happy to see him get the opportunity because they believed he was capable and would make the most of it. And so um, you know, I always say, I say this a lot around, you know, sort of the cup final time, like in the media, we don't cheer for teams, at least my side. We cheer for good stories and great people. And Phoenix Copley is both. And so the fact that he had that opportunity, made the most of it with the Los Angeles Kings, he gets a one-year, one-way contract extension for this upcoming season in the, at the National Hockey League level. Um, just you're just happy, right? Like you're happy for him. And then it was nice to be able to, you know, the kind of guy he is, middle of July, early July, middle of summer for these guys. He gives us a whole bunch of time today between this podcast interview and then the pro reads that will follow. Um, and that's just the kind of guy he is. You have an opportunity to talk goaltending with him. Uh, He's, he's passionate about the position. He looks for ways to get better. Uh, and so I really enjoyed this conversation. I can't wait to share. But first, before we get into Phoenix Copley's mindset, We got to remember, you don't need to go to Idaho to find a pro skate. If that's not in your budget, or you don't have the time for it, you don't even need to find ice to find a pro skate. You can actually face NHL shooters in your living room. Phoenix talks about visualization. Forget visualization. You can just
2: actually see them coming at you, Hutch. Sure can. That was a good job, Woody. Oh, my God. You could just keep rolling. I don't know what to do. Segway. Yeah, that's a, that's a segue and a half. I was thinking, you know, the summer is, a, is an interesting time. And maybe you're in Idaho. Maybe you're at the cottage. Maybe you're at camp. Finding the right training to do in the summer for a lot of goaltenders is not easy. Phoenix even talks about it in the interview today about finding a place that he could train in the summer and how important that was. And we can't all pick up and, and move to Idaho. But what we can do is we can get into Arena. And it's not just the fact that it gives you a place that you can train in the summer, guys. I think a lot of goaltenders don't actually have the guidance they need in the summer either. I mean, maybe you go off to the one-week camp with Eli Wilson or or another great coach and, and you get that week of training. But then there's still another eight, nine weeks of summer where you just don't necessarily have the guidance that a lot of other people do. And I hope you use some of that time to go play baseball, tennis, whatever it might be. But in terms of your hockey training, if you need a little bit of guidance, Sensorena can do that for you too as well, boys, because it has a number of training plans built into it. And they just tell you which drills to do, how many reps of what, all throughout the week. So you could just set up yourself to follow a Bill Ranford training program, an Eli Wilson training program, a USA hockey program, Maria Mountain. There's all sorts of great programs in there. Uh, that will help you know what to do with your summer so that you can become a better goaltender whether you're at home whether you're somewhere else you can go out and play in the backyard in the sunshine Arena is just an invaluable training tool and yes woody you're right if you really want you can line it up against nhl shooters and test yourself there so great opportunity to get on the ice virtually with Arena. they've got a free starter plan where you can spend 10 days checking it out if you already own the oculus headset You can get a plan for 29 bucks a month, or if you want to go for the full meal deal with all the drills, all the video drills, the NHL players, 39 bucks a month on an annual plan. That's, you know, like it's not cheap, but compared to hiring a goalie coach to walk you through your summer training, it's not easy to do that. Sensory is a great way to do it. And really, when you think about what it's doing for you, it's a pretty affordable way to become a better goalie.
1: 40 bucks doesn't get you 15 minutes with most coaches. Sure pitches. it doesn't. So,
2: so you barely head over get, to sensorina.com. You barely get through the warm up. Head over to and Use that special code IGM50 and you'll save even more. So here's a
1: question for you before we get to Phoenix Copley in Idaho. You said you can use it at home. You can use it anywhere. Where's the best place you've ever seen it used? Maybe we got to run a contest. I seem to, I've,
2: I recall a few photos from some exotic locations that you
1: and I have pulled out the sensor.: We haven't. We haven't
2: used them. We should have a contest. Should we just have a contest? We'll say it now. We're going to give away our, an in-goal membership. If you're already an in-goal member, we'll add a year to your subscription for the best photo sent in of using Sensorena somewhere fun.
1: Ooh, they this send is impromptu. It in, they we didn't plan it. any of this. What's that, Darren? I think I post, post, post it.
2: Post it over on... Do you get bonus points for doing it on threads since we're new there? Yeah.
1: You can do it at any social media. Tag us at Twitter. Tag us on IG. Tag us on threads with your photo of you using Sensorina on vacation in a exotic locale, wherever it happens to take you. It doesn't even need to be vacation. You just got a favorite spot that has a good background and it's not in your living room. Send us a photo. You'll be entered for a free subscription to IngolMag.com. Now I got to go back and find my cool photo so I can win it for a year. I guess I'm not eligible. For a year and a half. We do have some cool photos. Well, now we're just like impromptu. Yeah, you hats guys are. Out of my you inventory. guys have turned into Oprah.
2: Yeah. You know what else we should do? You get a You know hat. what we should do? Every photo sent in, every one we really like that was sent in, we'll show them off on the podcast.
0: I'm in. I knew, I thought that was the dad. It kind of no, was.
2: You know, it kind of was. Because no
0: no. I thought we were going to do something YouTubish. Like I, uh, I we've been always talked for about this for a long
2: time. Hey, do we need to do it? We've a, always I, talked I, about it. Okay. Cause he's the only one that doesn't have a face for radio out of the True. three of us. I have a. F- you guys are awesome. I got a voice for print as well. We can uh, let's. We should do it next week. No, there we go. Two weeks. Check out our social yeah, media. Weeks. We'll do it soon. Check
1: out our social media. Check out our social media. Check out, out InGoal on Instagram. Threads now on Threads. Twitter. Um, Hutch, you got the keys to the TikTok, and I don't know if you're in a dancing mood. So, uh, but check out all our social media. We'll have a post up there and inviting you to join us. We'll have some prizes. We'll throw in some hats, throw in a t-shirt. We'll throw in some prizes oh, for everybody who posts photos of them using Sensorina. You One got thing- me in a giving mood. Darren said Oprah. I'm all Let's
0: like, you it. get a hat,
3: you get a t-shirt, oh, a you get a in. sub.
2: Shh. Hell, it's stickers. Let's go crazy.
0: One thing I do want to do with the Arena at some point is I want to take it onto the ice. I know you don't need ice because it, it, it takes the place of ice, but I have watched some people uh, on the ice we, doing we it. We did it last summer. A, 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 I, I want to try that. We did it last
2: point. summer. I think I even posted a little bit of video with it on ice yeah, last summer.
0: Yeah, I just haven't had a chance to to do it myself. You and I think it'd be it'd be re- really neat. Like, uh, along with being a workout for an old guy. If you
1: did it, if you did it in the warm up for a beer league game, what are the chances your teammate doesn't
0: drill you in the headset? Or oh, they still find a way. How Still is it find possible, a, Woody hasn't
2: tried that yet? You've done everything else in beer league games for attention.
0: You wouldn't need a you wouldn't need a warm up <laughs> stick. Think about that. <laughs> you can save intense. cash on the warm up stick. Hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, I walked into that one, and and you won't get two shots at the same time like every other men's leg warm up or rec leg warm up. Yeah, you'd get virtual. No, my fear,
1: My fear. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, yeah, that's my fear. i
1: get one in the virtual, I'd be making a great save while well, some chucklehead pumps it off the side of my head wearing no
0: mask. The guys that are shooting it at the same time are always right beside each other, too. It, it, it never fails. I'm like, what are you guys doing? I'm getting distracted. Uh, Phoenix Copley uh, with us, uh, walking into the room now uh, for our feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR. 24, 6, and 3 for a guy that started the season in the American Hockey League staggering numbers but this is a journey and we're talking from the top of the world down into what we would uh term the heart of the hockey environment uh, enjoy it so here's woody
1: really excited to welcome to the Ingle radio podcast first time guest Uh, and that shouldn't be the case, bad on me, should have had him on a long time ago, Phoenix Copley, who I had the pleasure of meeting for the first time up in Kelowna, years and years ago skating, uh, coming off a a great season with the Los Angeles Kings and and the Ontario Reign, and coming to us, I think we all know North Pole, Alaska, somewhat famous for that, I've used you as my Christmas column a few times as a lead into my Christmas column, but from Idaho. So walk me through how off-season home became Idaho.
4: Yeah, so I'm yeah, from Alaska. I spent uh most of my time there up until three years ago. Uh, I was looking for a place where I could train, and the training up in Alaska was kind of kind of limited and, and not really um productive. So I was looking for somewhere that there's a, a pro group, and um my fiance and I when the covid shut down the season we decided to travel around and look at some places and see what would be a good fit and came to visit some friends in Boise Idaho and um we we're having a great time here it's really cool city it's it's a good size of city it's not huge but it's a uh, it's a good time and um then one day I decided uh, I was like let's go check out the rink and we walked in and there was a a pro group skating at that time and I was like wow that kind of like that was the last box that needed to be checked for this place to be a, a serious, uh, contender for us to move to. So, um, when the skate was over, I talked to the guy who was running it, but I didn't know at the time, but he was the head coach of the Idaho steelheads Everett Sheen and, uh, yeah, talked to him. And he was like, yeah, we got, we usually have eight or nine pro guys out, uh, you know, for these skates. And, um, so I was like, wow, that's, that's awesome. So then we started looking uh, around here and found a place we like. And, um, yeah, the rest is history. We, we moved here. We still go up to Alaska we're both from up there, my fiance and I, so we go up there and visit family and friends and do some fishing and stuff. So, uh, but yeah, we spend majority of the summers here in Idaho.
1: Okay. So I want to get into the season, obviously that you had with, with LA and, and congratulations on the contract extension with them that you signed during the season. But let's just take, take a look at the summer. Like when you say there's a pro group here and, and everything you need, how does your summer look coming off a season like that and trying to get your body ready to play another season? Cause it's, you know, it's a grind. It's it's grueling. How do you how do you divide up sort of recovery and then preparation for the next season? What kind of things are you focused on?
4: Um, well, starting from a young age, um when I when I'm like stagnant, I would kind of get like little anxious, probably like a lot of a lot of guys in the summer, you know, you don't want to fall behind. So I started uh journaling in the summer, like w- what I'm doing for training, when I'm starting to train, like the intensity of, of my training. So now I kind of have it um, dialed in where, you know, I usually take three weeks to a month off, um, depending on how my body's feeling. And then after that, I kind of, I just, I start my, my training program and then usually like start of July is when I get back on the ice. So I, I started skating earlier this month, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of, I think it's probably different for everybody. Some, some guys might like more on the ice. Some guys might like less. Um, when I was younger, I used to pretty much skate five days a week in the summer probably like a lot of guys but then you kind of realize when the season comes around you might already be lagging a little bit and a little bit tired so it was was a process for me to kind of learn all this about myself and about my body and what's what's best for me but I feel like the journaling really helped me kind of dial dial that in and and kind of got rid of that anxiety of am I doing enough or am I doing too much and what's what's going to put me in the best position to have a good training camp and a good start to the season um so yeah, I, I, I usually just kind of follow what I've been doing that's working and if something feels weird, I'll tweak it and, and make little notes and see if that's been productive or if it's kind of counterproductive and and go from there. But I feel like, uh, yeah, that, that's kind of the what I've been doing the past few years and that's helped a lot.
1: I love the journaling idea. We hear it a lot with goalies, like in terms of journaling, you know, what they're doing on the ice, uh, playing and how they're feeling, right? and. Trying yeah. to then go look look back and capture. Hey, what did I do before this game that I played really well? What was my emotional state? The idea of extending that into your summer training just makes just makes a ton of sense.
4: Yeah, well, t- I, I I started doing it because I would try and be thinking like, what did I do last year? Right, I, and I like it's hard to it's hard to remember when like how much I was skating the year before. So I, I feel like it's, it's helped a lot in creating a consistent program and a consistent feel in the summer and going into the season.
1: Okay. Um, this season, uh, the decision, I mean, free agency, you've been in the Washington, I mean, started, we'll rewind it later and look back at some of the different stops along the way. Obviously started with St. Louis, a lot of time with Washington, but the decision to, to pick, to go to LA, what led to you to sort of choosing that team in, in free agency? Um, what kind of things? Because we've just come off it now. Uh, it is a daunting game of musical chairs at the pro level. Um, how did you how was that process like for you and how did you arrive at at LA as a good choice?
4: Also, my goalie coach in Hershey two years ago, Alex Westland, he and then as well as Scotty Murray, they'd both spoken highly of uh Billy Ranford and and Matt Miller, who at the time was Ontario Rains goalie coach. So it, it just felt like a good fit of things. I was hearing about them and and then seeing the organization, they've got a good mix of veterans and and young guys coming in, and um, they're they're really, uh, they, yeah, it was kind of an easy choice.
1: What's that like? You had been with Alex Westland, who got promoted, I mean, promoted, he got hired by Detroit, moved up to the NHL last season, about time, by the way, great coach. Um, you've been with him and Scott Murray for a long time. What's it like sort of building a relationship? And this is a, this is an answer that can probably, a lot of goalies at every level could relate to this. You know, how do you go into a new season with a new coach? You're going to be doing it this year, I guess, with Mike Buckley now working with Billy Ranford, but you know, sort of more the day-to-day guy. How do you go about building a new relationship and making sure that you're on the same page with the new coaching staff?
4: Yeah, well, first of all, Alex Westman and Scotty Murray have, have helped my game tremendously, and I I'm very lucky to have got to work with both those guys. Scotty, I was working with in Hershey before he went up to Washington, and then I got to work with him in, in Washington as well, and Westie for uh, I think four or five years in Hershey, so both those guys helped my game tremendously and they're both very committed to, uh, to their goalies. And, um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about those guys, but, uh, getting to work with Billy, that was like a a new experience because I had been with those guys for so long. Um, but Billy, Billy was awesome. He obviously has experience and he has, uh, just kind of an aura about him, you know, the the presence he has, um, was, was really helpful for me. And he he kind of, he doesn't have to say much. He doesn't really say much, but when there's something to be said, he'll let you know. And so he's kind of, uh, he's kind of a coach that's not going to be all, all on top of you, you know, really nitpicky, but if something needs to be addressed, he's there to work through it and let you know how it's going and what needs to be done. So that, that was, it was a good, uh, a little bit of a change of pace working with him, but it was, it was good for me, I felt like. Um, and yeah, now, now this year I'm going, uh, to meet Mike Buckley and, and work with him and uh, he was really good friends with Westy as well so Westy's told me a lot of good things so we have a little connection there but uh, yeah I'm excited I feel like I feel like every, every coach I get to work with there's there's a lot to unlock a lot a lot of new stuff to learn and and everyone has a different style of goaltending and every coach has a different style of coaching so it's just another another time to learn and, and kind of grow my game with a new uh, goalie coach
1: Is there ever been a time along the way, and I don't mean just in the National Hockey League, obviously dating back to Michigan Tech, your time in the NAHL or USHL, where your approach, like you said, every goalie has a different approach and every goalie coach has a different approach where you've sort of run into things where they maybe want to, because this is what happens, right? Like like guys want to add things and we always want to be open to new additions, but sometimes they don't fit. Um, Any advice for goalies that run into that position where like, you have to keep an open mind, but you also have to know what your foundation is.
4: Yeah, um that's tough. I I've been fortunate I haven't really run into that, but I would say if I were to be in that position, I would just try and, you know, make the most of it, learn what you can from from your goalie coach, but you also have to uh look out for yourself as first of all, you're know, like it's, it's your career, but um I think there's always ways around that. I mean, it's as a as a goalie coach the goalie coach wants the best for you. And I mean, it's a mutual relationship. You, you both want the best for each other, each other. So I think there's ways to make that sort of situation a good thing and, and work through things positively. And I would, I would say just, you know, show up every day with a good attitude and work, work through issues that you're having and, um, and it'll, it'll resolve itself as long as you have a good attitude.
1: What uh it's funny we talk about, you know, foundations of the game and and the things that um Scott and Alex brought to your game and how much support they brought to your game and how invested they are in their goalies. I didn't ask you. Describe your game. Like what like what do you see when when you think of your anchors or your foundation or what are the principal things you like to focus on? What you know what how would you describe those?
4: Um I I think the big things that I, that those guys have dialed into me are, are positioning edges, being patient with edges, having strong edges. Um and then the head trajectory stuff that I was working with Lyle Mast when I met you up in Kelowna with Westy. And um that's been something that since since being introduced to it there, those guys have really kind of honed in on and and sharpened up. So I, I think um and it's on the surface it's like something that you might just say, oh head trajectory, just like keep your eyes on the puck, keep your head at a good angle to the puck. But it kind of leads to so much more and it's it's hard to master it's not something that can be turned on overnight and those guys really westy and scotty really worked with me on that a lot of video a lot of different drills and stuff and um it's kind of become more of a foundation in my game and something that was not easy to to uh implement at first because you know it's 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 a little bit of a change where you know, it's a physical change, so it's kind of a habit change. So it's not something that I could just like, I could do it slowly. I'm doing things slow and in drills, I could do it easily. But then suddenly when the pace picked up, I would immediately revert to old habits and kind of, you know, want to move with my legs first rather than tracking the puck first. And so um, I, I would say those guys have really helped make that uh, an important staple in my game.
1: When you talk about the other things that it touches or that it affects beyond just looking at the puck, can you give us an example?
4: So the, so like the footwork, like I was saying, I had a tendency to try and go with my feet first and then follow with my body. So I'd kind of be showing up, my feet would be getting there and then the rest of my body would be getting there where kind of with head trajectory, it's kind of the opposite where you're, you're tracking with your upper body first and then getting your legs there. And that kind of brings you over to the position you want to get to as a package rather than kind of in pieces. And then you're trying to gather everything as they're shooting. And then it's kind of, it makes the situation tougher where If if you're going as a whole unit, you're there. If they shoot while you're moving, you're still able to track and move into it. And so it kind of, it simplifies the game. And I think, um, bring that, that little bit of some simplicity kind of helped me in a lot of areas, including like positioning, um, timing. Uh, so I, I think it's kind of a, it's kind of a tool that, that can help simplify a lot of areas. And for me that that's what it did.
1: Yeah, the I, I was gonna say like the when you talk about moving the head first, it's, I always think of it as top down rotation. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that makes sense to yeah. the audience. They probably heard me say it before, but you build that rotation from the top. So when you you get there, it's like you said, one piece and set and square as opposed to getting there and having to build set and build square. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, when you talk about patience, patience is a catchphrase. You know, we hear it a lot, especially in today's game. Holding edges, patience, not just off the release, but. Man, it's getting fast out there. It's getting dynamic out there. It is east-west like crazy. It's almost like you guys have to play beer league except the guys can actually shoot. Um, how like how do you sort of how do you how do you train patience?
4: I think that's more of a mental thing like and that's part of uh, you know, trusting yourself, being calm, not uh forcing anything, like kind of letting the game come to you where if you're kind of chasing the game, you're, you're, you want to move, you want to move. And then suddenly, you know, you're going down early and they make a pass or, you know, you're, you're moving a little early and they shoot. Um, So I think patience is one of those things where it's kind of getting yourself in the right mindset and fully trusting yourself and, and kind of being in the moment. And then you'll move with the puck rather than before or after. And that's kind of what patience is to me. And I think, When you're in that kind of zone, you're you're not going to be your edges are kind of where they need to be. It's not going to be, you know, they're they're not going to be soft. They're not going to be too hard. They're 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 right there. You're able to make plays as they're happening rather than trying to force them.
1: Keeping your edges under you is a we we see it's becoming increasingly a theme when I talk to goaltenders like yourself at the highest levels of the game. A lot of times, the focus on that is stance and sort of keeping it narrow to keep the feet under you, how, you know, like, it, does that track with how you've seen the game evolve as well? Or like, because I look at you move around and it is a fairly narrow stance most of the time. You do a good job of keeping your edges. Was that something you've always done? Or is that something that's evolved as we've sort of seen the game change and a lot of the philosophies around goaltending change with it?
4: There was a time where I think I was getting a little wide and and Scotty, that was something Scotty worked with me was kind of narrowing up my stance. But that's something that's kind of, you know, it's different for everybody. Some guys play with a wide stance and it works really well for them. But yeah, for me, I think having my edges more under me is is more how I want to play. I feel like I have more accessibility to move laterally, but also it doesn't seem to hinder like when shots are coming directly at me, where I feel like, you know, if I'm too wide, it's tough to make a lateral play for me. Um, But I think that's kind of a personal thing. Some guys seem to work really well with the wide stance, and for some, it's like Super narrow.
1: What, um, the other thing too, like when we talk about patience and, and being able to maintain the, keep your feet on you in the stance you want, like a lot of that has to do with being able to read the game, the mental approach, um, of not, you know, not going early, not, not sort of chasing things, processing sort of the patterns. I know Mitch Korn would have talked about the patterns, you know, hockey goalie being a game of patterns. Um, is, is that something that, a can it be easier in the NHL compared to the AHL at times to process the game because guys are where they are you know where they're supposed to be, or does that all go out the window because the the guys that are where they're supposed to be also happen to be the absolute elite of the elite? I,
4: I think. I mean, I, that's a tough question. I, I think in the NHL, it's more of uh, an intelligent game. So, and I, that's not like in any sort of way a jab. It's just like as like as you go up levels the hockey IQ gets sharper and sharper and i noticed that coming out of college to the AHL. it was like guys are making some extra plays that, uh, that in college they weren't making and then the same thing you go up to the nhl guys are making some plays that aren't being made in the ahl so i think if you're if it becomes a little bit more of a mental game a little bit more of an intelligence game um, knowing where guys are at knowing the possible plays that could be made and and being ready to get into position for those so I think maybe in that way, I wouldn't say it's easier, but it becomes more of being in tune with the game and, and you know, guessing works less and less as you go up levels because the hockey IQ goes up.
1: I was going to say too, and I, I didn't, it wasn't, I just find that less experience sometimes at the lower, at, at the AHL, and even if you go down in the ECHL, sometimes more of a game, it can be a little more scrambly. There can be more mistakes also in front of you.
4: Yeah. And, and guys are battling to, to move up. So it, it's, it's a grind, um, you know, I mean, in, in every league, but but especially, you know, when guys are doing everything they can and and trying to move up levels. So, yeah, it's, but yeah, I, I would say the scrambliness is probably uh, because, you know, the hockey IQ isn't as sharp as the next level.
2: You talked about sort of,
1: we, we talk about the hockey IQ. Is that something from a goaltending standpoint, goalie IQ, that just comes with experience? Do you think it can be taught a little bit? Are the things you do to develop, you know, we go back to the patterns, your ability to connect those patterns at the highest level? Is it is it video or or is it or is it just somewhat innate and or a mix of both?
4: I think I think it's a mix. I think, you know, you, you can you can teach it, but I think experience is probably the best teacher, and there's stuff that happens in games and um, and as you go on in your career that you can't replicate, you know, watching or you can't replicate teaching, but I do think teaching and and watching hockey and watching video is, is important as well. I think, you know, they're all pieces to the puzzle, but I think experience is a very valuable thing that, um, you know, the more experience you get, the more you're going to recognize those patterns and the more you're going to uh, be able to, you know, read plays and, and read shooters. So um, I think it's a combination of all, but, I would say experience is probably one of the major pillars.
1: Is your video work, when you talk about using video as a tool for that, is it primarily you and your goalie coach? Do you rely just on those sessions or are you a guy that watches a lot of hockey? Um, you know, some guys don't watch any, some guys watch a bunch, some guys watch it and make notes. Like everybody sort of has a different approach.
4: During the season, I don't really watch a whole lot. Um, you know, I, I watch like the highlights of, around the leagues and and stuff like that, but I don't watch a whole lot of live hockey. It's more just like with the goalie coach, you know, seeing stuff that that I'm doing or what someone else is doing that's working for them or stuff that I that I'm doing well or need to work on. But yeah, I, I've I've heard some guys love watching hockey. Some guys watch zero hockey. Yeah, it's I'm a kind wide of like range. in the middle. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm kind of in the middle. Like occasionally, if I'm you know, I don't know if if a buddy's playing or something or there's like a big game or something, I'll watch. But I'm not like super dialed in on watching during the season.
1: When when you're working on video with Bill, like you said, uh, or, or even with Scotty or even with Alex, like largely your own clips, largely teams you're playing, I would guess. But have you ever had anyone show you, like you said, something that some, another goalie is doing that like, hey, this might apply to your game?
4: Yeah, um, I think actually all the goalie coaches that you just named have really? done that with me, showing, showing other guys. Scotty was, was big on that, especially as I was learning the head trajectory stuff and and some other little things Um, he would show me guys who were were doing certain things really well. Um, And I think it was, it was big for me to see that because it's hard to, I think, you know, explain something and then having like the visual there as well to, you know, back what they're explaining helped me kind of grasp different concepts. And so I think, I I feel like that's a pretty common thing to show, you know, other, other goalies that are doing certain things. Well, At, at least it has been for me. And it's been it's been super helpful.
1: Anybody is there any when you do watch? Is there anybody you love watching from a goalie perspective?
4: I thought watching Bobrovsky during the playoffs was unbelievable. He was on another level. Um, like how simple he was making the game look, and and. Um, just the way he was moving and how dialed he was—it was that was fun to watch. So, was, when you say that, it was the first one that came to mind.
1: Any details, like any little details, that when you're watching him, and you're in your, in your and like, because I think we all just were like, well, like he was on, right? That was that was two-time Vesna Trophy winning Sergei Bobrovsky. We're watching. Were there any details when you watched his game that you're like, he's doing, he's he's allowing himself to make this save or do that because of this that I'm seeing?
4: I think his edge work was was really dialed in. He never seemed to be out of position. He wasn't dropping early. He was like, he was always there. He was. So I feel like his edges were, were just unbelievable. It's, but yeah, I mean, he was kind of like the whole package. Like he was tracking the puck. Well, he was, it was, it was fun to watch.
1: It would definitely was dialed, as you said, I think is the perfect word. Um, you mentioned video and sort of being able to see it and using other goalies as an example of sort of like, hey, this guy's doing this really well and watching the video and how it clicks. Do you guys use practice video of yourselves at any level? And that it's something that sometimes it surprises me watching the NHL and watching NHL practices, but I only see traveling teams, right? So I'm usually some of the, quite often this is stuff that happens at home versus away. I'm surprised by how little video I see used in practice. And maybe that's because you guys are so dialed you don't need it. Or maybe it's because teams do it at home and not on the road and I just don't see it. But is that something that's been part of your pro experience?
4: Yeah. Um Westy did that quite a bit. We would do okay. he would use clips from like goalie ice, we would do um, before practice, like the, the goalie sessions and uh you know, different things we were working on. If if something was not clicking or if something was going really well, he would kind of show us. What those different different things in LA, like in training camp, Billy was was using goalie session video, but okay. throughout the season, uh, not really much much with Billy, but but Westy was big on that in Hershey. Um, Scotty didn't really, I, we would do this with, with uh in, in Washington with Scotty as well, but again, not as much. Westy was really big on that, and and it, it's it, it was good, it was good to see like different different things, um, that Did are you- going well. And,
1: you ever have a moment where you're like, I didn't think it looked like that? I didn't think I looked like that when I was moving oh, yeah, in this sequence? Sometimes
4: I'll like think I'm like, unbelievable. like, And then I see the video, I'm like, oh, I'm out of position. I kind of got lucky. <laughs> or sometimes I feel like, you know, oh, like, that wasn't very clean. But then I'll see the video and it's like, I was like, oh, okay, that's actually... So it's kind of surprising sometimes. Like the video doesn't lie when you see what happens. But, you know, sometimes you're feeling a certain way and it's completely,
1: completely opposite. <laughs> I love that but can of the be- same in
4: ga- on game tape too sometimes in in on game tape, you know I'll think I was like in great position and I see the the game tape and I can see I'm a little off or or vice versa I'll think I'm kind of out of position or something isn't clean, but then it is clean so it's it's kind of uh you know it it's it's weird to think about back in the day they didn't really have a whole lot of video, so you had to go really on your gut and how you were feeling you didn't have the video to to see if you needed to sharpen something up so it's interesting to think about those times, and now videos everywhere. We we can look at practices, we can look at games, we can look at other games or other goalies. That are, then it's it's a, it's wild how far that that's come.
1: The other thing that's come a long ways is the mental side of the game. You talked about that because in, back in the day, you just kind of went out and played. I think um, now we got sports psychologists, we got books. Uh, you talked about your mental game and and improving that, uh, not just reads, but how you handle mindset out there, tools. What kind of tools have you used over the years to sort of train train that side? I don't know if you're a big reader. Are there books you would, you know, tell a young kid to hey, sit down and read this one? It'll help you.
4: Yeah, I, I do enjoy reading. Um, you know, that, that's, that's kind of like a personal question. I think everybody probably has a path of their own to get to where they need to be mentally because it's a pretty complex thing. But I think, you know, for me, it's developing the trust in myself and in my game and and the way I do that, I think, is you know, training hard brings me confidence in myself, and it, it brings that trust. So um, that's something I always want to do is make sure I'm putting the work in because then I know when the season comes around, you know, I've done what I need to do to go perform my best. And then uh, different things to clear your mind, you know, uh, whether that's meditation or you know, doing stuff that that brings joy. I it's like I said, I think it's different for everyone. For me, I I, I like to try and you Know, go at things with a positive attitude and with a clear mind. Um, as far as books, I recently read a book. Uh, th- this book is actually really good for mentality. It's by uh, Ixen Gracie, who's a jujitsu guy, and he's big on breath work and and stuff like that. And that, that was that was a, a good book because MMA guys, you know, they get locked in a cage and only one of them is going to come out uh, right. victorious. So They they've got to be really dialed in mentally. So I feel like those reading what those guys do to prepare themselves for that kind of battle, I think is you know, it can be put into any sports, but especially goaltending, because you know, you're out on the ice and only one team is gonna win. It's either gonna be your team or the other team. And so it's it's uh in a way kind of similar to that. And you're you're gonna prepare yourself for that kind of battle.
1: Okay. So the book was called Breathe a Life in Flow. because we don't use the video. So just so the people listening can hear that. Um, No, I'll get it. Uh, um, So breathwork, you talk about meditation. Like, um, has that been something you've come to recently or something you've always sort of incorporated as part of your game? Because it's like, look at the puck. Oh, head trajectory is just look at the puck. Well, no, it's how you look at the puck and body mechanics and all that stuff. Breathing is something we all do but how you breathe and how you approach it can have a significant effect on performance.
4: Yeah. I started looking into that stuff probably four years ago, breath work. And you know, there's a lot of different, if you start looking on the internet at breath work, there's a lot of different things from Wim Hof to like crazy holotropic breath work. Um, But that, yeah, that's just something I, I, I have been experimenting with. I, I think breath work is something that can help clear your mind because when you focus on your breath, you kind of can clear your mind. And then, you know, there's different breath work things where, you know, you're so focused on your breath that that's all you're, you're focused on. And that kind of resets your mind, clears your mind of anything. So I I think it's a tool. I think, you know, all of these things, if you focus too much on them and get too deep into them, you can kind of lose the point. So you have to kind of experiment with them uh, with an open mind and see what's working and what's not working. And I think everybody's different. Um, but at the end of the day, the goal is to stop the puck. The goal is to help your team win. And so if you get like too crazy into this stuff, you know, it can be counterproductive. So I think it's just um, figuring out what works for you individually, what brings out, what brings out the best in you and um, and whatever's going to help you succeed and, and bring your team success is what ultimately needs to be
1: done. Well, it's funny because you've you've talked about meditation. I was going to ask you if you use it on a game day, if you use it. We've got, uh, you know, I was talking to a sports psychologist from Sweden, quite famous sports psychologist who talked about teaching his guys to actually do brief periods of meditation when there's a face off at the other end of the ice or a break, like they're actually using it in game. All of these things, as you said, tools, right? It's like goaltending. You can go on the Internet and find a million different ways to do to play the game. But if you are constantly chasing different things, sometimes you can lose the point. Have you hit? You know, I've talked to goalies who they add these tools and pretty soon their warm up or their preparation for a game is completely overwhelming them because there's too many tools. And like you said, they've lost the point. Have you ever sort of had to find that balance or found yourself like, wow, like I'm doing so much here, whether it's juggling or meditation or, you know, breath work that you kind of lose the focus and I guess journaling to bring it back to the beginning would be a good way of keeping track of what does work and, and, and finding your routine.
4: I don't know that that's kind of tricky. I don't know if I've ever like reached a point where I have been like, Oh, I'm doing way too much of this stuff. I think, you know, maybe at times it's like, this is more of a distraction than, than productive. So yeah, I, I, but I, I think it's kind of an individual thing. Like you, you got to figure out what's going to work for you and, and what's going to make you feel good. And if, if it is distracting you and bringing you away from your game and and what you need to do, then it's obviously something needs to be changed to either make it productive or maybe it's just not the right, maybe, you know, maybe breath work isn't for you or or maybe, you know, meditation isn't for you. I've found I've, I've worked with meditation, but I feel like for me, visualization has been helpful instead of meditation. Like if I meditate, I feel like I kind of, my edge kind of goes away where if I'm like visualizing what I need to do, which I'm, which I guess in a way might be a form of meditation, but if I'm visualizing what I need to do and where I need to be and how I want to play, it kind of fires me up. And, and that's when I'm playing my best route. And then if I'm like kind of clear in my mind and and more Zen, then I'm like that edge kind of goes away. And I like to play with, with a little bit of an edge.
1: Too Zen. You, you could get too Zen the other way.
4: <laughs> yeah. yeah. But you know, Again, it's a, it's an individual. Some guys maybe play their best in that in that kind of mindset. So it's a very individual thing that you have to kind of. It's kind of the journey of of learning how to bring out your best.
1: Well, I think this goes back to the goalie coach conversation, right? It's tools in the toolbox. Yeah, I don't want any. I don't want anyone to listen to the interview with Phoenix Copley and be like, he does this, and he's had a great year, and I'm going to do this. But there are different things that we introduce to goalies as tools and it's on each individual goalie to pick which ones work for them rather than just trying to do everything i guess was my point about doing too much which we've seen other goalies sort of run into
4: yeah yeah exactly
1: um last one uh, well i want to ask about visualization um so walk me through what that looks like. Are you seeing yourself? Cause we hear it a lot and young goalies are told to visualize, but quite often, especially those who are new to the game and listening to this. And we got a lot of parents that listen to the, to the interview on the way to the rink with their kids or the way to a camp with their kids. Um, what that actually means. Are you, are you sort of sitting in your locker eyes closed? Are you seeing plays from inside like you're looking at the play like it's your vision are you seeing yourself from above like a bird's eye view or behind the net how do you like to visualize
4: uh i just i I like to visualize like i'm playing like like what i'm doing making saves how i'm feeling so you know it'd be like you know when you're playing your best what does that feel like and what are you doing when you're playing your best and then just kind of recreating those moments and kind of reinforcing that kind of uh mentality so you could so i guess for me the point would be not not only you know feeling confident but it's it's like i'm already warmed up i'm already i've already been playing when i by the time i get to the ice because in my mind i've kind of recreated certain scenarios on how i want to play them what i'm doing the saves i'm going to make that kind of thing
1: are you seeing the opponent that night or do you have a sort of like a like if is there a you know, like a, a a top 10 list that runs through your head of your favorite saves or fa- or favorite types of movements that you feel, because everybody has different things that when when I feel like this, I'm on top of my game. When I'm moving like this or when I'm moving into this type of save, that's a trigger for me that I'm feeling good.
4: Yeah, it's more like that. I'm not really visualizing, you know, with the other team. It's more about what I'm going to do and right. how I want to feel and and the way I want to play. It's not not so much like, you know, who, who's going to be coming at me. It's, it's what I'm going to be doing.
1: Okay. Um, I, I wanted to ask you a little bit about athletes, apothecary, cause you, you on Instagram, you're not super active on IG and on social media, but when you are, you're, there's a lot of great advice. We've seen some, some hydration advice. I think, yeah, you, you know, talking about the playoffs and seeing some of the stories about how much guys are losing, how much, how much fluid they're losing the importance of what you put into your body because you take care of yourself as well as anyone I've ever met in the NHL the role that athletes apothecary plays in that and, and sort of how you've found that balance in terms of what you put in so that you can get the most out of it
4: yeah well first of all thank you um yeah I I take that seriously it it took me a little bit to realize that you know that that's something that I need to do to be at my best um but um yeah once I started focusing on my diet and stuff I noticed i was feeling a lot better and um, athletes apothecary is something i started as a way to spread the benefits of tea i started drinking tea in 2017 as kind of a way to help recover and help with sleep and hydration and i felt like it was kind of an under underutilized tool for athletes and so um with my fiance we started this company athletes apothecary to kind of uh, make tea more accessible to athletes and so Um, There's a hydration blend, a recovery blend and a nighttime blend that are all blended with different herbs. They're all herbal teas, caffeine free to help uh, with with those aspects. And so it's just kind of like a a fun little project that, you know, I I think can help uh, can help athletes. And that's kind of kind of why we started to to make those uh, kind of tools accessible.
1: Your own approach to hydration and the role it plays but also like did you run into were were you running into any hydration problems at earlier points in your career because it's a it's a battle for a lot of guys right like especially you guys (laughs) i don't think people realize i've only had a chance maybe two or three times um to play in an nhl rink with the lights on and that's not with twenty thousand fans because nobody's paying to watch me play but a couple (laughs) different charity things i've managed to get out there and my God, I was like dying in the first 15 minutes because I cannot believe how much hotter. I don't think Joe Fan realizes how much hotter it is out there than say when you go for, you know, even in the summer in Idaho, I'm guessing um, the rink is a lot cooler than what you face when you're on an NHL sheet, especially with a full building. And that, like I was cramping 10 minutes into my first time at Rogers Arena. And and that's, I think that's a shock for some people. And so it's a, it's a, a challenge for a lot of pro goalies.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, I did run into some cramping issues, dehydration issues. I was, I was losing, I think in a playoff game, we were in the, it was a double overtime game. I lost I think like 19 pounds or something. And um, that was the same year I was running into cramping issues. One game that year I I went down to make a save and then my leg just literally like froze up and I I couldn't move it. All the muscles just tightened up. And, and I, I couldn't finish the game. I was like trying to, but my leg just was like, Stuck in, and um and that that was when I started to kind of take my uh, nutrition more seriously. I started trying to f- figure out what was causing this and how I can prevent this from happening. I was drinking a lot of water. I was drinking a lot of Gatorade, but I think the sugar in Gatorade wasn't helping me, and the water was kind of just pulling nutrients out of me. So that that was when I started drinking more tea. I started drinking water with salt in it. Um, you know, I started eating more fruit, more more watermelon like fruits that that have liquids in them cuz what i was finding out was if i can eat more liquid containing foods and if i'm drinking uh liquids that have minerals in them i would retain it i would retain it better and i wouldn't start cramping and i wouldn't be losing so much sweating so once i started to do that um i wasn't losing as much in games and then the cramping um started to go away so that that was like kind of a turning point for for me was kind of taking my health a little more more seriously to prevent that stuff. But it's definitely, you know, playing in, in bigger arenas where, you know, the lights are on and there's a lot of people in the stands, It's definitely warm. And then you got all the equipment on, and it's just kind of a, a recipe to cause cramping. If you're not kind of doing some pre- preventative stuff.
1: Well, I was going to say too, like, so getting that earlier in career would have prepped you for LA because like, that's, <laughs> That's a that's a warm barn, right? Like that's that's a really warm barn. I I know a goalie that actually it was the same number that told me he lost nineteen pounds playing in a in an and that's just a regular season, no double overtime, just overtime in a shootout game and he lost nineteen pounds. So um if you wait until you're starting to feel dehydrated, it's too late.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah, like there's you go to like in Florida or Carolina where it's really humid too, and then you add that to the heat and it's like Dallas it amplifies it. Yeah. It amplifies it even more.
1: Okay. So, um, last one on that, uh, were you a coffee drinker beforehand? Cause I see a lot of guys that like you talk about the edge and wanting to feel like you have an edge. A lot of guys will come in and, you know, Roberto Luongo for years will come in and have a couple of cups of coffee, but it's also, you know, like that, that's not great from a hydration standpoint. So you have to do other things to counterbalance it. Were you a coffee guy before you switched to tea and, and just, yeah, walk me through that a little bit and, and we'll let make sure we let people know that off your Instagram page they can find Athletes Apothecary through there as well.
4: Yeah, I'm still a coffee guy. I, I definitely oh, okay. cut back on coffee. I used to drink more, but now I, I try and just have one in the morning. But uh yeah, I, I I like coffee, but I think too much coffee was dehydrating me and causing me problems. But yes, I, I know guys who come in and love two or three cups before a game, two or three cups in the morning and, and they're just fine. So I think that's you know, it's something that's different for everybody. Some guys, you know, that's what they, the coffee, you know, is their spark and some guys it's uh, the opposite. So um, yeah, that's, that's, I, I try and limit myself to one and then, you know, maybe on a game i will have two if I'm feeling a little sluggish, but uh, I think uh, that's just something everyone, everyone's a little different on, but yeah, athletes apothecary, it's um, you can find that athletes.apothecary on Instagram or it's it's linked on my Instagram page as well.
1: Okay. We wanted to make sure we gave a plug. Although I got to say folks are like, Oh, like Woodley shill in here. I'm like, no, no, this wasn't a prerequisite of getting an interview with me. <laughs> I just want to make sure. Cause you've, you know, you're, you've found something that helps you and you're trying to help other athletes. And so I thought when you shared that, especially on IG, uh, during the playoffs there, I think a lot of people took notice and, and found value there. So we want to make sure we, ha- we help people find it.
4: Yeah. And it's, it's something that I, I don't really push on people. I, I think it's, it's a valuable tool. And, and when people want to try it, they'll come to it. Um, you know, if, if people like tea and, and they want to, you know, use it as a tool, it's it's there for them. But it's not something that I really push on people unless unless they're uh, interested in it and want to try it.
1: Okay. Hey, listen, I'm um, taking up more time than I said I would on this. And we didn't even get into the origin story. Didn't even get into how you started playing goal. And that could probably be another half hour. We didn't go through <laughs> the hockey DB. I didn't wind through all the time. And, you know, Michigan Tech and all those different places. So I guess that just means I got to hold you to a part two couple of years from now, we'll catch up again. Um, but thank you so much for your time, Phoenix. Congratulations on a great season. Uh, looking forward to watching you come up with the Kings for the next couple of years as well. And really appreciate you spending the time. So many great tidbits and takeaways here for our audience. Uh, and young goalies will, uh, I'm sure, enjoy this and, and have some lessons from it.
0: Thank you, Kevin. Sort of get the impression maybe he doesn't like the hustle and bustle North Pole Idaho, and then he oh, he he plays in Los Angeles. <laughs> he probably get, gets enough traffic there that he's got to get uh, escape the world in in Idaho and and Boise is a really awesome place. Uh, we've uh, done preseason games there and we've done uh, VGK tours up there bus tours. It it I can see why you would fall in love with that place.
1: I love it and because we didn't get into his origins in the you know the North Pole and how he ends up going from Alaska to playing hockey, AAA hockey in California as part of that path to the National Hockey League via the NAHL, the USHL, and the NCAA. Um, so lots of great stuff to get into with Phoenix when we have him back for a follow-up podcast. Because after all those tidbits that he shared us, you know he's going to be, you know we're going to tr- try at least, to have him on as a return
0: guest down the road. All right, I want a viewer or feedback here. When you have your game going on and you're going, you've got some snow buildup all, all around the crease, and we always try and keep it as clean as possible, although there's some guys that uh, when you switch ends, they, they, it's all clunky and rusty, and you're like, what are you doing down here? Do you guys sweep it forehand only, or do you sweep it forehand and backhand to go to both posts? You know what I'm talking about I here? I do. Oh, I, I'm I'm saying if Hutch would jump in. I know my I was thinking about it. I,
2: it was both directions for sure, but for me the key point is I line it up all along the goal line in the vain hope that it might stop that dribbler of a pocket.
0: You're, you're that guy? Oh, yeah,
2: a hundred percent.
1: Oh, hundred dude, 150%. I definitely go backhand and forehand, but I must be forehand dominant because the pile of snow definitely ends up bigger on the forehand side. Really? So then I usually I think what happens with the backhand is I have a tendency, the curve of the stick, that's where you're more likely to sort of lift it and have snow go underneath. So I always yeah. end up with more snow on my forehand side rather than the backhand. So what I do then to make sure that my pile of snow to prevent the wraparound is just as big on both sides, is every once in a while I will turn around at the top of the crease and make sure the stuff that I'm sort of been standing on as I sweep, I shovel that over to the uh to my glove hand post and absolutely. <laughs> and as much as I cannot stand <laughs> the guy that leaves it disgusting for me when we switch ends and I walk down and it's like a soup kitchen down there with crap everywhere, water dripping but snow But it gives piles. you snow to work with. That's true. I'll take that. I will take that. Um, I am 100% the guy that piles it up beside the, the posts. And what do you mean? Hopes it's going to help, Hutch? It will help. Just beside the post? Here's the question. Just outside the oh, post. mine's yeah, a long you, just, that, line.
2: I'm building a
1: dam. No, no.
0: No, here's the thing. I, I'm, I'm with Woody on this. I only do it on the blocker side uh, because I'm forehand only, and I, and I cup it uh, because I'm not talented enough to do it because it slips underneath on the back end. But I pile it up along the post, and I, every now and then, a guy will try to wrap it, and he comes in all that snow, and it's, it's chaos. It gets in the way. I'm, I'm convinced of it.
1: So here's my question for you, Derek. As much as you're that guy just like me that piles up the snow... They can't do this in the NHL anymore because no. people come out and clean it and yeah. get, take it away. Yeah. But as much as we're that guys, are you that guy who, before you swaps ends, makes sure you take the snow and push it away from the net so that your fellow keeper at the other end doesn't enjoy the same advantage when he comes down to play in your net?
0: I don't push it away. I scoop it and slide it into the net. And then when I come back, if it's like the after the first period. Oh, Darren, uh, you're squirreling it away. I, I, I recycle it. And then I, when I come back for the third. Oh, that's a new level of awesomeness, Ooh, Darren. Yeah. Yeah.
3: That's Pete ne- Fry that's, would that's not like this. That's next level
0: awesome. When, like, I've had like six examples today of things that would make Pete Fry just fume at me. You better
2: be at the next <laughs> seminar next summer. You better be at the road show. He's going to have you up in front of the kids
0: all day. <laughs> ways to distract uh, awesome stuff being with you guys uh, i love it again uh you guys are the best thing about uh being in this world i'd love hanging out with you thanks to uh phoenix copley and uh, cam over at the hockey shop and we'll chat with everybody next week on in goal radio the podcast